Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Who were the women of the Civil War? How did they shape history? And what can we take away from their stories? We'll answer all of these questions and more on this edition of Getting Schooled. I'm Abby Hornacek. Happy Women's History Month to all the fearless, proud, and phenomenal ladies out there in celebration. This episode is dedicated to all of the badass women of the Civil War. That's right. I'm talking about Clara Barton, Harriet Tubman, Sojourner Truth, Harriet Beecher Stowe, just to name a few. These women were nurses, they were spies, and they were even soldiers. So how did these women get involved in the Civil War? How did they disguise themselves while in combat? Was this another Mulan situation? And how can we honor their legacy today? Here to talk me through all of this and more is the host of the Fearless and Proud podcast and Fox Business correspondent, Jerry Willis. And Jerry is with me in studio now. This is so exciting. Jerry. So exciting, Abby. So so excited to be with you on your very cool podcast. Not as cool as your podcast, though. <laughs> I am so excited to talk about this. Also, usually we just get to chat in the bathroom. I yes. run into you so much on the floor. Um, and you're Big so... deals go down in the ladies' That's restroom at I'm Fox. Saying. You know, like the people who meet there... I, it's a great little spot. I agree. I will see. I won't see someone for like a month, and then I'll go to the bathroom and be like, "Oh, hey, it's great. It's a great <laughs> meeting spot." Uh, but I'm glad that we're here and not in the bathroom, even though bathrooms do have great acoustics for That's podcasts. True. I learned that during the pandemic. <laughs> um, so you have a really awesome podcast out called uh, "The Fearless and Proud Podcast," and what I love about it is the first season deals with women in the Civil War, something you don't really match together. Women in the Civil War, right? Because when we think of people fighting we think of men so exactly who, right who were the women of the civil war well let me tell you uh they were women motivated by a number of things money let's face it as a woman uh working as a domestic maybe you wouldn't make that much money you could make more as a soldier love you know your husband your brother even your father goes to war and you feel like i need to be there alongside them to take care of them because at that time you know women in the household were the primary uh, developers and offerers of health care. They're the ones who fixed you if you were broken. So naturally, if your husband is going to war, you think I need to be with him. That's not unusual. And finally, there were patriots, true patriots, women who wanted to fight for their side, whether it was the Confederacy, the rebels, or the Union. They were committed to what they were doing. Now, I mean, the funny thing is, you think, how in the holy heck were they able to put over on people that they were men? Because they were 150 years before women had the right to fight in combat, you know, officially. But there were hundreds of women on Civil War battlefields. Right. Uh, holy heck, were the, those were the two words I actually thought of. Uh, holy heck. It's crazy because um, I'm thinking about the movie Mulan. And she had to cut all her hair off and she pretended to be a guy and she trained and did all that. So to your point, how did people fool 
the men into being able to fight. So think about it. It's a long time ago. Uh, Victorian society, we imported our culture from England at the time. Women and men's lives were totally separate. Women did not wear pants. If you wore pants on the street, you might be arrested. You might be fined. So by definition, if somebody saw somebody out there walking down the street in pants, oh, that's a man. That's what they would Mm. think in their heads. They wouldn't even think about it. What's more, when it comes to the Civil War, the number of very young men fighting, no whiskers, high voices, there were a lot of 15 and 16-year-old boys out there fighting. So a woman could kind of put herself over as a young man uh, pretty easily, you know, and the, and, the, and the uniforms were all boxy and kind of awful. You would find your breasts, right? Mm. There are boobies and periods, (laughs) right? I mean, there are dead giveaways out there if you're not careful. But what's so interesting about these women is that they were really dedicated to doing this. And we don't even know most of their names. Paul Johnson, famous historian, said there were probably a thousand women uh, out with uh, the Revolutionary Army and uh, during the uh, American War of the Re- Revolution. And so you got to think there's more than a thousand during the Civil War of women, right? Because yeah. that was such a much bigger uh, conflagration. We had 620,000 men die in that war. So, and some women. So you've got to think there were, you know, not scores, but hundreds, even thousands of women who were participating in this. Right. I'm wearing pants, by the way. So I would have <gasps> I would have been arrested. Shocked. Take me in. Shocked. <laughs> Um, you bring up such a good point. Women do have breasts. They have menstrual cycles. So were there physical? Because when I think about joining the the military, I think, okay, well, they got to pass a physical test, you know, an examination, make sure you're in good health, things like that. I mean, that's what we do today. Was that not happening back then? Great question. No, it wasn't. Not in the way you're used to. I mean, nobody had to take their clothes off. You were answering questions like, how do you feel today? Are you sick? I mean, the standards yeah. were low, okay? <laughs> and secondly, the other thing you might think about, well, what about gang showers? Well, mm. there were no gang showers. There I did not think about that, but now I, my mind is there. No showers. In fact, people said you could smell the army before you saw them. Mm. So they were very stinky. They were not <laughs> clean. And, you know, frankly, they had bigger things to worry about than is the guy in the foxhole next to me a man or a woman. Do you know what I mean? This That's was. True. Uh, a test of the nation, uh, both the North and the South. And by the middle to the end of the war, the Confederacy, even if they found out you were a woman, they were letting you stay because they needed those bodies. They just needed them. Yeah. So many people died where, you know, they probably didn't care nearly as much. They just wanted, they needed the manpower or the woman power. Manpower, and particularly if you weren't creating any issues, right? And what we find in the record about women who participated is that they did a good job. You know, I mean, they were completely capable of doing what the men were doing. Most of them were from working class backgrounds, so they could lift heavy objects. Uh, They could shoot a gun because they had grown up on a farm. Everybody had a gun. They knew how to ride a horse. I mean, women in that era were about as prepared as men to fight uh, with the kinds of things that they would be required to do on a day. Marching for, you know, how many women could march for hours? A lot, it turns out, Mm. because they had great stamina. 
Absolutely. I, I would argue to say women have better stamina than men. I've seen men try to walk around New York. They need to take a break. They're sitting on they're sitting on the curb. Women are just forging forward. Uh, one of the things I found interesting in your podcast, uh, I listened to your first episode, so good. Uh, the conversation's great. Great music, too. Really yes. transports you back <laughs> in time. Um, one of your guests said that there wasn't really anything in the military code specifically dealing with women. It was more of a social thing. So you're telling me, I mean, it kind of goes back to what we were talking about before in the physicals, they just made it might might not have cared because they needed the power. But there really wasn't anything in the military code that prohibited women from joining? Not at the time. I mean, it would never have occurred to these guys that women would become soldiers. It just mm. it wasn't part of the mindset. They couldn't even imagine it. So they didn't make a rule against it. And we even uh one of the historians tells us that she found a woman who said who was asked when she was found out she was a woman, she said, well, nobody told me I couldn't serve, you know, so she <laughs> Love that. done it. Yeah. That's so great. We'll be right back after this. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. So who are some of the women that you highlight in this podcast? We've got a ton of them, and they are fascinating. Laura, Loretta Velasquez, she's a Cuban-American, possibly the first to serve as a soldier. And why does she do it? She's desperate to be with her husband, whom she loves. So she follows him, and she becomes kind of a badass, I got to tell you. So she uh, decides to become a soldier, and she tells somebody in her household, you got you to make a uniform for me. And they're like, Loretta, what? Make a uniform for me. So she puts on this uniform. She assumes this name, Harry Buford. She becomes Harry Buford <laughs> in her mind. She learns to spit and swear. I mean, she's really trying to put it across. She follows her husband to Florida and shows up one day. She's been a recruiter is what she's been doing. Okay. And she leans over and she's like, honey, it's me. And he's like, Loretta? No. Yes. Yes. You're joking. So he didn't even know that she was coming to... Wow. She had a nice little fake mustache. And, you know, she... I mean, she dined out on this. She would take women out on dates. I mean, it was crazy. <laughs> this woman did a lot and eventually became a spy at the end of the war and then a double spy. So she had this incredible flamboyant uh, life uh, and wrote a biogra autobiography to tell her story. Some of it's true, some of it's not, but there's so much of it that corresponds with real historical dates that this is a woman who served. Now, another woman you might be interested in, Harriet Tubman, who I'm sure you know. Absolutely. Uh, this is a woman who freed herself from slavery and then scores of other African-American slaves who she took on the Underground Railroad out of the South. Those are scores of people. But in a raid in South Carolina, when she led 150 African-American Union soldiers, she freed 800 slaves wow. at a time. And this raid is fascinating because these folks have to make sure that they don't set off any, uh, any, any, uh, they have like all of these um, under, underwater um, 
mines that are going to explode if they if they roll over them with their boat. So she has memorized using information from African-American pilots who are on this river all the time, the location of these mines. And she's able to steer these boats past them successfully. They go on to burn down some of the most historic plantations the South had and big contributors to the economy. Uh, and it was one of those things that even more than the, the what happened on the ground, what it did to Southern morale was even bigger. Right. You know, we could do a whole podcast just on Harriet Tubman. I mean, it's such an incredible story. I think about just the two women you described, and something that comes to mind is bravery. Uh, both of them had a lot to lose, Harriet Tubman especially being you know, an African-American woman trying to do this during the Civil War. Um, what other qualities do you think some of these women have or had um, that made them successful during this time? So they have courage. So if you have courage... That means you have bravery plus more. You have bravery plus the ability to know what is at risk and still Mm. walk forward. So they are courageous. And so many of them, particularly some of the spies we cover, you realize that they are so committed to what they're doing, that they have a vision of how their world should be, and they're going to help it measure up. They're going to lead the way. You know, when I, I was telling you before we came on air that you know, I in part did this because I saw so many young women, even in our building, who during COVID were just really depressed and needed inspiration. And so I wanted to tell these stories in part to inspire them. But let me tell you, these women were inspirational in a way that I didn't even expect. They were leaders. They weren't afraid to lead other people, men, women, it didn't matter. They were outspoken. They were sure of their views. And that's why we're still talking about them today. Absolutely. You talk about the the life of a spy. I mean, what what were what was her name? Harry Harry Buford. Um, so what did what did that look like? I mean, what would she do as a spy? Well, there are lots of unbelievable spies, and they all worked in different ways. Harry Buford would go to Washington dressed as a woman, dressed as herself and spy as a woman. And another famous woman spy, Rose Greenow. Have you ever heard of her? Mm -mm. She, I mean, half of Washington, D.C. was enthralled with this Southern woman who stole every secret she could find. (laughs) She was completely connected to the Washington elite, uh, to leaders in the Senate, uh, to the president's office. And she actually helped win the Battle of Bull Run for the South. Wow. Because she gave the South detailed information about how they planned to proceed. Then there's another woman, uh, Elizabeth Van Lu. So she, interestingly, was living at the heart of the Confederacy in Richmond, Virginia, well-to-do woman, um, not down with the whole Confederacy thing. She was uh, dedicated to the Union and connected to the founding of the country. People in Virginia had a slightly different view because, you know, let's face it, Washington was from there. Jefferson was from there. This was a state that was really a cradle of presidents, a cradle of the Union, right? Mm -hmm. And she very much believed in that and disavowed slavery as well. And she used the cloak of her ladyhood (laughs) to put it over on the Confederate officers. And she also bribed a lot of people for information. She had a huge network that, by modern standards, was elaborate. 
and super successful. And I'll say this one other thing about her because it amazes me. Yeah. She was able to deliver her reports direct to the table of General Grant in the battlefield along with the day's newspaper from Richmond and flowers from her farm. Now, think about that. There's a civil war raging outside, and she's able to do that. So she had an incredible network of people to work with. She knew what she was doing. I, I, I mean, reading about her, I had a heart attack on almost every page because I was so worried. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're probably even thinking <clears throat> if that's your mother or if that's your daughter or your sister. I mean, these people are really putting their lives on the line. Um, I do think about it. Obviously, not all women have kids. Um, and not all women during that time had kids either. But I would argue to say the Victorian era, I mean, you, you said it before, you kind of had this expectation as a woman to do the kind of stereotypical women thing things. So from your research, how do you think women that did fight in the Civil War, how do you think they managed that expectation of what they should be and then what they actually became? That's such a great question. I've never thought of it that way. So we know that Rose Greenow, who I mentioned before, she had a daughter and her daughter was in on everything. Oh, okay. She knew her mom was a spy. She defended her mother she went to jail with her mother when her mother went to jail. But a lot of these women, you know, they didn't have kids. But I have to tell you, for the soldiers, if you were exposed you're, as a soldier, as a woman masquerading as a soldier, your story would be told in the newspapers. And that was highly embarrassing mm. to the family. They didn't. This is why we can't we don't have many of these stories is because they didn't want you to know. Interesting. So. I mean, they would hide what they had done. They would get married. They would change their name. It would never be discussed again. Right. Well, I, I, that was one of my questions was what would happen if you were found out? Because obviously there are stakes to everything. Um, so if there aren't that many stories, how do you do your research? How do you find these things that you talk about in your podcast? So I spoke with Dee Dee Blanton and other women who've actually researched the soldiers, and it is not easy. Uh, they had to go through incredible amounts of logs. You know, interestingly, the Civil War is a period where there's a lot of information, handwritten lists that you can go through and still find. A lot of that material is still around. It's not all emails that go away. You know? Right. There's a lot of data. So those women went through microfiche and, you know, spent a lot of time researching that. But, but, let me tell you, if you want to get lost, the Civil War is a good time to do it because people were getting killed on battlefields and were never seen again. In fact, at the Battle of Gettysburg, there is one woman who was found there who died in Pickett's Charge, which is the most famous uh, cavalry charge of the entire war. And, you know, the researcher told me, I, I, I was like, how do they know it was a woman? It's because they would go through your pockets looking for things that were valuable and they were able to determine she was not a man. Oh, wow. So she's listed, you know, not a, you know, these are official documents. Mm -hmm. uh, and the official document says she's a woman, but they have no other information on her. So there are these mysteries, these clues that are hiding in plain sight. It just takes someone with a lot of industry and a lot of time to dig it out. Yeah, I, I, I could imagine. Um, there were so many people, too, to, to keep track of during that time and maybe tracking down their families and things like that. But that takes, that takes a lot of effort, a lot of time. Um, 
Well, I'm curious because you've learned so much about these women. You also have a series on Fox Nation coming out called Real Tough Women. Do these two things relate at all, your podcast and the series? Absolutely. I mean, as I mentioned, I was trying to find women who were inspirational. Mm -hmm. And I found a ton of historical uh, types who are inspirational. But then I found women who live current day who maybe you haven't heard about. I think I used the phrase before, hiding in plain sight. Um, we found a couple of women, one woman who's a mountaineer who summited all seven of the highest mountains in the world. And then oh my gosh, skied across the North and South Pole, dragging 150 pounds behind her. And she's a tiny little thing. Uh, so she is, you know, the working definition of badass. And then we spoke with a woman who's an Army helicopter pilot and flew in Iraq and Afghanistan. She flew this incredibly cool helicopter called the Kiowa, which is small and very nimble, and there are no doors. You know what I mean? So yeah. you can lean out and shoot. She said they would get so close to the enemy that she could see if they were smoking something. She could oh. see the guns they were shooting. I mean, it was... It's, Talk about a terrifying experience. Yeah. Maybe she, she wasn't terrified because she seems pretty badass, but I would be shaking in my boots for sure. Well, she says that while you're in this situation, you don't you compartmentalize your fear and you stow it away. And then later you pay for that. But, uh, you know, they're trained not to obsess about the risks mm -hmm. at the time. But it's very difficult. And and then we also tell the stories of some historic characters in, in those uh, installments, episodes as well. So, uh, yeah, I've done a deep dive on women over the last couple of years uh, that I think, you know, it's not just women who will find them inspirational. I think men will, too. They're just good stories. Yeah. You know, if you're interested in telling good stories, interesting stories, you want to find people that maybe you've never heard before. And going into history and looking for the women is one good way to do it because often their stories have not been told. Mm. Yeah, kids are our future, right? Um, I think it's so wonderful that you're doing both this podcast and your show because, like you said, you want to inspire people. What do you think are some of the biggest lessons our kids can learn from watching and listening uh, about these stories? So... Um, these people are focused on what they want to get done. They're clear on it. They have a mission. And they're creative in how they go about that. If this door is closed, they'll find another door that might be open. If you're willing to dress as a man, by definition, you're willing to try anything, right? I mean, <laughs> you're, you're open to changing your own uh, presentation to the world to suit what you're doing that day. And and I think that's one reason they're amazing. But they also have this really fascinating obligation, not obligation, but they feel an obligation to the world around them. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's interesting. This isn't the way I would necessarily describe conventional male leadership, but I feel like it's a part of female leadership. Oh. You know, like, you know, I feel, you know, the community needs to do this, you know, yeah. I need to help people do that. So I think it's, you know, I'll probably get ripped up on social media for saying that. But I, I do think that that women, you know, have a slightly different worldview. Yeah, a lot of women are selfless and, and you have to be, um, you know, especially when it comes to family life. And if you do end up having kids, I mean, you're putting yourself aside a lot and it's really 
inspirational to hear these women who were doing it for people they didn't know also, right. not just for people that are in their family and their loved ones. They're doing it for people and the future of our generations. Yeah, absolutely right. I, I just, it, it's just inspirational to hear about people who are able to get something done, who are <laughs> able to actually transact in the world yes. and move forward. Uh, it's always fun to, to to visit those folks, even if it's in the pages of history. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thinking about something but actually putting action behind those words is a, a whole different thing. Just as we wrap things up here, Jerry, and I'm so excited for people to both listen to your podcast and watch the show on Fox Nation, what was your favorite part about making this series? It was, you know, we did six hours with historians, and it was fascinating. So my producer, John Toldy, sat in on these with me, and we were, the whole time we'd both be going, oh my God, (laughs) oh my God. We had to turn off our mics because we had so many reactions to what we were hearing. A lot of stuff we had never heard before. It was a learning experience, and I hope that the listeners, the audience for this feels the same way. Wow, I never knew that. That's fascinating. (laughs) I appreciate you taking the time. And once I watch the show next week, when it's released, I'll catch you in the bathroom and I'll ask you all my follow-up questions. (laughs) (laughs) Abby, thank you. It's always a pleasure to see you. You as well, Jerry. Thanks. All right. If you missed anything from class, these are my office hours. And here are some top takeaways about the women of the Civil War. Number one. Many women were able to disguise themselves as men because it was a different time. The women didn't have to take off their clothes, for example, for their physicals. A lot of men were young and didn't have facial hair, so it was easy to blend in. And quite honestly, the military needed the bodies because it was such a brutal war. For those reasons and others, women could hide in plain sight. Number two. Jerry says we should always highlight these women from our history, our present, and the ones to come in the future because oftentimes their stories are ignored. So if we can have an opportunity to talk about them today, it really prolongs their legacy and teaches our younger generations about their incredible stories. And number three, you can listen to Jerry's podcast, Fearless and Proud, wherever you get your podcasts. You can also go to foxnewspodcast.com. It is a must listen. You're going to love it. The Fearless and Proud podcast series looks at acts of bravery and strength by women. March is Women's History Month, and in this first season, we look at women who played important roles in the Civil War as soldiers, spies, and nurses. We'll discuss famous examples of women pretending to be men to become soldiers and spies on both sides. What I was taught early on, which is why I'm I'm so drawn to the story of Harriet Tubman, as somebody who's from South Carolina, uh, listening to stories about the Combahee Raid and what she did back in June of 1863 when Harriet Tubman was under the command of Union Colonel James Montgomery. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. For more podcasts, you can go to foxnewspodcast.com. And don't forget to subscribe to this one on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen, and leave us a review. This has been Getting Schooled with Abby Hornacek on the Fox News Podcast Network. Class dismissed. Listen ad-free with a Fox News Podcast Plus subscription on Apple Podcasts. And Amazon Prime members can listen to this show ad-free on the Amazon Music app. This is Jimmy Fallon, inviting you to join me for Fox Across America, where we'll discuss every single one of the Democrats' dumb ideas. Just kidding. It's only a three-hour show. Listen live at noon Eastern or get the podcast at foxacrossamerica.com.